All right, this is a very enlightening passage if we look deep enough into it. Now, when I was here <clears throat> giving the homily on, um, what is today? Wednesday? Monday. Because I do the hom or the masses Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday. Father Kaz does the masses Tuesday, Thursdays, and Saturdays. So it was Monday. We had the anointing in Bethany where Mary anointed the feet of Jesus. Now, contrast that with this payoff of Judas. Let's think about this for a minute. One is an insignificant woman. The other is a well-known companion of Jesus. Some say the most educated, sophisticated, and cultured. Isn't that amazing what God can do? Of all the 12 apostles, the most cultured, sophisticated, and um, educated of the 12 was, was Judas, and the most raw, roughest, and foul-mouthed was Peter. And look what happened to Judas, and look what happened to Peter. Now, look at this with the woman, Mar uh, Mary, who anointed the feet of Jesus. All right, you have her, who's unknown, and you have Judas, this well-known companion of Jesus, probably a higher social status. Mary pours this oil, lavishes the entire jar of expensive oil on Jesus' feet, if you remember from Monday. Judas instead says, why are you doing this? You're wasting it. Now he turns his back on Jesus. Mary bows at his feet. Judas turns his back. She sought only to serve he sought an opportunity to gain 30 pieces only. <clears throat> Do you know in Exodus 21, it says that a slave costs 30 pieces of silver. Interesting, huh? The cost of a slave was 30 pieces of silver. In Zechariah 11, they paid the shepherd only 30 pieces of silver as an insult. It's not that much. Now we see this, another example, when all the other disciples call Jesus Lord here. But what does Judas call him? Rabbi. Notice when Jesus experienced the Pharisees in other parts of the gospel, they say, you have spoken well, Rabbi. The disciples say, Lord, to someone, Lord implies submission to their authority. They lorded it over them, the authority. So they called him Lord. He had the authority. But to say rabbi could be noncommittal. To say rabbi admits maybe that the man is good. He's a good teacher. But it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to follow you yet. Interesting. So Judas is subtle here in his pride. Very, I guess you could almost say passive aggressive. We've all experienced those people, if we haven't been that way ourselves sometimes. We're just those little comments meant to stab. Now, we often think of Judas as horrible. 
And he was way worse than the other 12 apostles in everything he did, always being evil. But that's not necessarily true. Because if it was, everybody would have known who Jesus was talking about at the Last Supper when he said, somebody will betray me. The apostles are, are surprised. Now, if Judas was acting this bad, like regularly, outwardly, very clearly evil, they would have had no doubt that it was Judas who betrayed him. Instead, they're like, Lord, who is it? Peter's like, is it I, Lord? It's because Judas was in this subtle, passive-aggressive way turning to evil. Now, this is important, all right? They would have thought, it must be Judas. He's always been bad. We know it's him. We don't know why Jesus picked this guy. You ever hear yourself say that? Maybe about a coworker or even a member of your family? He's been nothing but trouble ever since he got in this family. Or, I knew it was that person who screwed up the project. It's always them. So we seem ourselves maybe in this. Now, instead, Judas, Judas does not stand out immediately as being way, way worse. All right? And this is important. This is the lesson I think we have here when praying on this. Judas changed little by little without notice. When he first came to Jesus, he was probably even a good man. But when Jesus wasn't that conquering war hero that was going to crush Rome, he wasn't who Judas wanted him to be. So Judas turned on him. And little by little, kind of like that frog in the pot, he began to change. Each one of us, as well, could become a Judas little by little. First, giving up, all right, giving up the little things like neglecting our duties, little things that seem small to you like missing mass, not praying. Well, you know, I got a lot to do. These are the little things. Then these will lead to the bigger faults and even the bigger falls. That's what they teach us in religious life. Be faithful to your prayers and to your duties and you will avoid those bigger falls. Jesus says, who is faithful in the little things, I cannot give you authority over the big things if you're not faithful to the little things. So are we to the little prayers or times of thanking God in our daily life? All right. The gospel tells us the one who is trustworthy in small matters is trustworthy in great matters. Now, um, we Marians are educated in seminary at a Thomistic seminary, Dominican house. That's the Dominican order is not Dominican Republic, the country, but Dominican house, meaning the order of Dominican preachers. And Thomas Aquinas is the foundation of those seminaries who are Thomistic. And Thomas Aquinas says there's something called habitus, which means that you are born with free will in the middle. And every decision that you make for the good or for the bad puts you along this spectrum. So every time I make a decision for the good, I lead my character more towards virtue. 
and that's how I'm going to get to heaven. Every little choice is like a little step in that direction. Pretty soon you've made hundreds or thousands of steps in this direction. You're getting off course. Likewise, every decision you make for vice, sin, um, illicit activity is leading you farther and farther into vice. And pretty soon you're so deep into it that it seems like you're mired. But don't lose hope. There's an answer to that. Now, here's what I think is important. Every time we make a choice, it makes a decision for who we are. And I once read a saint said, you don't think the little things are important? We only look at the big things. It's like in the confessional. I myself teach you must only confess grave, serious matter. Why? Because the little things are forgiven at the mass. But if you're not going to mass, then those little things are still there. And those little sins are going to lead to greater don't think the little things, oh, well, that's just a little white lie, Father. Well, that's just, you know, that's not a big deal. Okay. Oh, that was just my thoughts. Even us priests in the confessional think, oh, well, okay, you were just thinking that. You didn't actually do it. But what does Jesus say? You even think about it. You've committed that. Very tough. But again, there's an answer. Now, this saint said, watch your thoughts because thoughts turn to words. He said, watch your words because words turn to actions. He said, watch your actions because actions develop your habits. Watch your habits because your habits develop your character and watch your character because your character determines where you will spend eternity. That's the habitus. Even if we make one step into the wrong direction, make two steps into the right direction so that you're constantly heading in the right direction. Even if you have to take two steps forward, one step back. Now, Origen, a church father, said Judas was willing to take the money. This is important. This is what's very important. In exchange for handing over the Son of God. Now, we do the same thing. When we accept sensual or worldly goods in exchange for handing over and casting out God from our soul. What's the definition of mortal soul? Removing God from our very soul. Mortal sin. What is the definition of mortal sin? Removing God from our soul. That's what we do when we choose mortal sin. So when we're faced with temptation, think of Judas. When you're faced with something you know you shouldn't do, like I'm about to really take down my coworker so that I can look good and I'm going to slander their good name, or I'm not married, but yet this sexual temptation is very enticing. Think about that moment. And when you are facing that temptation, you're in that position to say yes or no. Okay, Judas basically said, what am I going to get to cast Jesus out and evict the Son of God from my soul, get rid of him, I'll take 30 pieces of silver. Same thing for us. Do we want that material good, that gratification, the loves of the world, sex, money, power? Am I willing to take that in exchange for casting God out of my soul? 
Because that's what mortal sin does. When we take those things as mortal sin, we cast God out of our soul. So we can learn from this passage. We do the same when we accept these worldly goods as the throne, our God, the breaking of the first commandment. When we put these things of the world on the throne instead of God and we evict God out. It's the same thing if we're filled with ourselves, if our soul, this is why pride is the greatest sin. Not being proud of your son for making the honor roll, but you're proud in the sense that pride fills our soul with ourselves. And when you fill it with yourselves, you evict God from it. There's no room for him. So if we fill our soul with ourselves, there's no room for God. This is what's going on here. All right, now, Jesus told St. Faustina the only way he leaves a soul is if it's in mortal sin. Every other way, God will not leave the soul. It's only if you betray it by 30 pieces of silver and hand Jesus over. This is important. We betray him by committing sin for the sake of money, pleasure, or selfish motive. We're evicting God from our soul and we're basically turning him over as Judas turned Jesus over for 30 pieces of silver. Powerful. It is like we call out in a way to the powers of darkness who will offer this worldly gain or prestige in return for the sin of betraying God. You know, I was thinking about this. We hear these stories often. Musicians. Who was that in the 1930s at this place called the Crossroads in Mississippi? This blues player was just an average player, and the tradition says that at that crossroads he sold his soul to the devil, and he became the greatest blues player. Uh, I think his name was Johnson or something. And he became the greatest blues player. At, but at what cost? All right? What about actors? To make it to the top of Hollywood will sacrifice their very spirit, their soul. Politicians, oh my. You don't even know where to begin there. Some politicians that used to be pro-life or at least against the worst parts of it, like partial birth abortion or the Hyde Amendment to support life, used to be in favor and on the good side, have completely sold their souls betrayed God for 30 pieces of silver, or in their case, an elected office. Pray for them. How about athletes? What about this craziness that's going on right now that I don't even know who this guy is. I'm not even going to try to say who he was. I don't know. But somebody is now marketing a shoe dedicated to Satan, and it's selling like crazy. Who in the world would buy a shoe dedicated to the service of Satan? Oh, well, the power of darkness will make him a greater athlete. Are you kidding me? The power of darkness will make him a greater athlete? This is what I read in this article that was sent to me. This is at what cost to be a great athlete temporarily for a few years of your life? You're going to give up your eternal, immortal soul? Pray for these people. Not that we don't all have problems. Yes, we do. We're broken like crazy. I'm broken like crazy. But this is beyond that. This is, why in the world would you do that? So pray for them. Don't condemn them. I'm not condemning them. I'm, I'm surprised, but I'm asking for prayers for them. 
please, God, enlighten their hearts and their minds and their soul that you are the answer, not the power of darkness giving some young teenager the powers to become the greatest basketball player. So this is, wow, we have to, yeah. All right, so it's almost like the evil one saying, or you saying to evil, what will you give me if I hand him over to you? What will you give me? Riches, stardom, fame, fortune. And then they receive their 30 pieces of silver. Huh. That blues player received his 30 pieces of silver. Don't trade God for worldly desires. So I finish with what was it that Judas, Judas wanted? He wanted to be important. He may have wanted to have an important position in Jesus' new government that he thought Jesus was going to overthrow Rome. But when he saw that Jesus did not intend to make himself a king, Judas said, this is a waste of my time. And he turned on him. He saw nothing in it for himself, and he didn't see Jesus as the Messiah King. So he turned on him. He saw that following Jesus would not be profitable to him, so he could at least gain a little bit of profit through 30 pieces of silver. It's kind of like Esau. Judas basically abandoned his spiritual position for a better material position. Please don't do that. Judas represents all of those who follow Jesus only for what they can get from him. That's the gospel of prosperity that is sweeping through South America, taking souls away from the Catholic faith because you'll get more money, you'll get a bigger house, you'll get promoted at work. This is not it. It is about how we can serve God, not receive material or earthly riches. So the bottom line is many have decided that the cost of serving him isn't worth it. We'd rather pay for or get paid a little money or a little fame. Don't do that. Now, I finished by saying earlier, a few minutes ago, I said, but there is hope. There is hope. And that brothers and sisters, is what we are entering into right now. The hope is divine mercy. Even if you are watching this right now and you're saying, oh my gosh, Father, I have done that in my past. I have turned Jesus over. I have betrayed him for 30 pieces of silver. You know what? I'm not going to say it doesn't matter or it's okay, because yeah, I mean, in a sense, we, are, we know that sin is wrong, but you know what? I am going to say this. The past is gone. Go to confession. Receive Holy Communion. And on that day, Divine Mercy Sunday, Jesus promises all of that is wiped away. Don't be in despair saying, Father, what you just said scares me. I've done that. Oh my gosh, I'm going to hell. No. 
You have the ability right now to write that train, to fix it, to get back on the track and on your habitus, get heading into the right direction. Right now, God is giving us a way to wipe our slate clean, let all that stuff of the past, every time we did betray Jesus, every time we turned him in for fame or riches or, or money, it doesn't matter. If we are contrite now, if we are sorry, if we say, Lord, forgive me, and we come to him, and we kneel like Mary did at his feet, and we say, Lord, I'm here to serve. I want to be your disciple. Lord, I am sorry for the past. I've messed up. I know it. He's all merciful. He will forgive all that. All that is gone as far as the east is from the west. You will be able to be born anew. Father Seraphim said it's like a second baptism. Your soul will never be cleaner than it is other than your original original baptism than it is on this moment of Divine Mercy Sunday, which we are ready to celebrate in 11 days. So from here on out, please join us because the next 11 days, we are going to walk you through what you need to do to receive this grace, to wipe out this past that I just talked about. Do not let the fact that you have betrayed Christ in the past get you down. Let it, use you, let it be used by you for an inspiration to serve him in the future to be able to give him the past so that he'll wipe you clean and serve him in the future. You know, every saint has a past, every sinner has a future. We are all sinners and we can have a future as saints. Oh, wow. You can't get any greater than this. You can't be more recipients of God's greater gift or greatest gift than his mercy that we're about to receive on Divine Mercy Sunday. And so please, as I said, don't distress over the past. Give it to him. Say, Lord, I've made a mistake, but come back like Peter did. Talk about deny him for 30 pieces of silver. Peter denied him three times. And yet God took him back. And what happened to Peter? He's a saint. So if you've denied him, if you've betrayed him, it doesn't matter in one sense because you can be forgiven of it and God will bring you back into his family. Now is the time to do it. Divine Mercy Sunday. Praise be God for the God that we have is rich in compassion and mercy. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses,
prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.